Welcome to Season 2 of Let's Break Up, Toxic Workplace Stories. Join hosts Nicola and Gina as they tackle workplace toxicity head-on. Real-life stories, well-being, and standing against toxicity await you. Let's break up with toxic workplaces and create a revolution of positivity together. As a disclaimer, Nicola and Gina's opinions are solely their own and don't represent professional advice. It's just their perspective, so form your own conclusions. Heads up! This podcast may contain adult content and explicit language. So let's dive in and break up with toxic workplaces. Oh, jeez. All right. (laughs) I've been warned by five people now not to do this. (laughs) Who listens to our stupid podcast anyway? And yeah, none of them listens. Nobody listens. And when they do, they bitch about it. They're like, oh my God, Gina's so annoying. And I'm like, yes, I oh am. So, so, Captain, welcome to the podcast today. You have got Hello, quite... Gina and Nicola. Welcome, welcome. We have got quite an interesting podcast, I think, today. So we we would love to know from you what industry you work in and how long have you been working in the industry that you have come from? I've worked in the entertainment industry for... 30 years now. Um, I started back in the early 90s and I definitely went through being from Los Angeles. uh, There were a lot of drugs, a lot of cocaine. um, And I started in, in commercials and music videos and that was wonderful. Um, You know, uh, but over the years, you know, getting older, it's, it's been a bit more difficult. Um, it, it brought me into the film industry, um, for the past, God, 20 years. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's been a bit of a varied, uh, ride, you know, meeting, uh, you know, Courtney Love, Dave Matthews, Outcast, you know, Big Boy, and and and, and th- those people that were very lovely. Um, but yeah, it's it's I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to, to to figure out how to say it. <laughs> um, you had mentioned in our catch up that you had met Courtney Love. What was yes. that like for you? She was, what was really funny is there was a producer on, on the, the, uh, uh, the video that we worked on. Um, and he berated me and he called me a loser and he was just, uh, an awful person, but she finally stepped in and was very lovely and very supportive. And I do know that she loves Periwinkle the color. Um, and I, I met Francis Bean and, uh, floppy bear, which was her teddy bear. Um, but yeah, she was, she was very, she was very wonderful and she gave me her number and she was very, you know, I, I, I can't say enough good things about her. Um, give you a number. Hey, (laughs) hi. Well, nothing ever transpired from that, but yeah, it was, it was, it was funny because, uh, Joe Gaglioni, which was the producer that berated me, um, because what happened was, uh, Nancy Bardowell was the original director on the, on the show. And what happened was 
I kind of went against what she wanted to do. And, and it was part of, of a production company. So he, he was more connected to that. But I told, you know, I sold uh, Courtney Love the idea that we want more Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland and not like anything Nirvana or, you know, grunge. Um, so, yeah, but she was, she, and she was full on with it and she loved it. And, you know, Celebrity Skin was the music video. Um so yeah, you know, uh that was a, a, a very interesting time. <laughs> Fair enough. It, so is being berated in front of people quite common? <laughs> yes. That's the thing is especially in Los Angeles, um it could be very it's very competitive. So uh, b- people can can get a bit opinionated about things, and especially if they think that you've gone over uh, the line that you're supposed to do. Um, you know, it's it's definitely um, yeah, that was a, that was a very profound experience in in in, in my history. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, but I've worked with other directors uh, on music videos: Outcast, Bombs Over Baghdad, Roses. And what Brian Barber was lovely, great, great person. Um, you know, that was probably the only real kind of traumatic experience where I had to like bite my tongue and just be like, just accept it because I need to work. <laughs> was it, but, was it like, I'm curious to like know more about this berating so was it more like you're a fucking loser or you're just a loser like how well, deep, was, how deep well, did this go well what, what happened was was he his 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 partner um was just injured and and he was very emotional so just the, the beratement was just the fact that i overstepped what he thought i overstepped my boundaries and luckily courtney love stepped in and my my buddy producer tracy stepped in and said you don't talk to him like that you know it's like you know i was just like i'll take it <laughs> how how old were you at this point uh 24 25 jeez it's still, so, it's still kind of new to the industry, or just like yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'd been working. Um, this is like ninety seven, ninety eight, um, and I started back in I think ninety two. So I, I had some experience, but but working with a, a, a bunch of different creatives um, on different commercials and such, um, you know, prepared me a bit for it because they could be very caustic. Um, but, you know, that was probably the most um, aggressive uh, experience I ever had. How how did you get into this? Because it doesn't seem like it's a, like there's a natural career path into. It was strange. Well, strangely. So I used to, when I was a kid, I was, uh, I, I drew a lot of comics and did a lot of art and what was funny was randomly i had a friend come over and hook a stereo up in my car he, he said hey you're an artist you should go you know work for the company i work at and uh i was like sure so then i just started and it just kept going 
So, you know, but my background, you know, my, my parents were in special effects as well. So I'm a bit accustomed to um, just the whole dynamics of the craziness and the drug use and, and everything, you know, they were from the seventies. So, you know, and eighties, so <laughs> you, you, you can uh, imagine some of that. Well, my next kind of- well, my next experience was I worked on a movie called The Guardian, um, which I'm sure you've probably seen. Um, and Wait, just give give because I'm terrible with movies. Which one was The Guardian? The one with Josh Hartnick and um, oh, the one with the helicopter in the water. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was the next one and what happened was it was a very it was a very small company so it was very um uh, very stressful and um the thing is 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 it there was an autistic guy i think he was autistic um and i made um uh, we were all getting sick and i made a joke about somebody touching his computer and all that and he went off the rails. And so he spat in my face, then threw a chair at me, and then went to lunch. And me and my buddy were like, what the hell is going on? You know, because I'd never experienced anything like that either. And um, so he comes wait, back. Wait, wait, wait. He threw a chair at you and he spat yes. at you. I feel like in this instance, and you were fucking with him. I feel like no, you were I, the toxic I, I, The only thing, <laughs> I, made a very, I made a very simple joke about, hey, um, we've all been sick. And because it was like, there was a, like a weird, you know, just sickness going on. And I said, well, you know, Steve... Um, yeah, Walt was at your computer and, you know, he was touching it and he had been really sick and Steve just blew up at me. And, and so, yeah. So then I, after he threw the chair and spit in my face, um, we're sitting there, we're like, what the hell just happened? And then, um, he comes back from lunch and he proceeds to Lysol everything. So much so that we had actually we had to leave the room because it was just toxic. And, um, you know, the good thing, though, is that years later we worked together and um, we're very friendly and, you know. All right. So can you tell us um, sort of how did you start working for the the main company we're going to be talking about? How did you start working with them? And were there any red flags beyond the normal Hollywood or, you know, big mover and shaker in the entertainment industry well, I, sort of uh, well, I meltdowns. Fir- yeah well i first um I, I randomly i was in los angeles and i randomly sent this company my resume and like an hour later i got a response saying hey come out here and initially i was uh my contract was for seven months and that was pretty much it and, you know, it, there were very long days, or, you know, we were doing eight hour weeks and plus, and so much so that sometimes we slept under our desks. Mm. Um, so it was very, um, in the early days, it was very intense. And over the years, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on many films and over the years, they've they've scaled everything back due to the 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 laws um uh, governing 
you know, uh, the hours you can work and such. Well, but let's, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about those laws, right? So I've like, this is one of the things that I'm really curious about because, you know, we, so just to keep in mind, because we haven't really explained, because we know that you were a f- former employee um, at the place that we're going to talk about today, but there was a particular law that passed in New Zealand called the Hobbit Law. It was formerly known as the Employment Relations Law, and it became well known across the board in 2011. And the law essentially fundamentally changed the employment landscape for film production workers in the country. Originally, it was designed to address industrial disputes that threatened uh, the production of The Hobbit, um, because this, you know, Hobbit was made here. We've had Avatar, we've had Lord of the Rings, like we've had a lot of big, big movies made here. Um, And so it was originally addressed to, you know, deal with the Hobbit movie films and the law had a broader implication on contract workers in the entertainment industry in general. So the key points that came out of this particular law change was contractor status. Um, It classified film workers as contractors rather than employees. And unless they had a written employment agreement stating otherwise, this meant that uh, the contractors were not entitled to certain legal protections um, that employees typically enjoy, such as collective bargaining, sick leave, holiday pay, ACC, you know, protection against unjustified dismissal. There was also a lack of bargaining power. So there's very little bargaining power for those contractors in New Zealand. Um, they can't engage in collective bargaining through unions, significant disadvantage in an in industry where the jobs are project-based. Um Job insecurity as well. The nature of film production, you know, involves tight schedules, we know, and project-based work. Being a contractor makes this setting, the job security, even more precarious. Um, And you're essentially hired for a project or even part of a project with no obligations for long-term employment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Our podcast is powered by the seamless one-click installation and WordPress starter wizard from SiteGround. Choose from pro designs, add contact forms, online stores, portfolios, all automated, no tech stress. Say goodbye to mundane setups and hello to a stunning podcast platform. Join us on Let's Break Up Toxic Workplace Stories and let SiteGround handle the digital stage for you. Launch your podcast website effortlessly, because breaking up with toxicity starts here. Well, typically, um, we would get these, if you're lucky enough, you'd get a year contract and such. But what they do is is they treat you like an employee, but they expect you to be a contractor. So any any sick time that you take off, um, you know, you're kind of, it's kind of frowned upon. Um, and you know, it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's, it's trying to have both worlds with, with the exception of you're not an employee, you know, it's, 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 you're an employee or expected to act like an employee, but you're a contractor and you don't get any of those benefits of, of being an employee. And do they still do that now? Yeah. Yes. We know that we had, you know, 
these implications for contract workers, which is essentially what this organization employs. Now, there are two, um, I want to say there are two houses almost. There's Weta Digital and there's Weta Workshop. Weta Digital is the visual effects arm and they're into their computer-generated imagery, and they've made movies like um, Avatar, Avengers, um, most recently Cocaine Bear, um, and they focus more so on digital visual effects, 3D animation, and CGI. And then there is another yeah. arm called Weta Workshop, and they focus on practical prop design and manufacturing, and they kind of have tangible elements. So they have prop design, manufacturing, creature design, special effects, makeup, and their main projects were the Chronicles of Narnia, Mad Max, District 9. And I think the reason, you know, kind of getting right into the nitty gritty of it, um, both companies are part of the Weta Group um, and they're very distinct entities with their own specializations, but they both got very different workplace culture issues and that's kind of what we wanted to speak about um they're based in wellington new zealand uh you know being part of huge iconic films won numerous awards um but all that is uh all that glitters is not called um jokes uh when employees have like when we've spoken to previous employees that have joined this organization they've described it as the holy grail for creativity um, but what's changed is that there is a culture of toxicity, bullying, harassment that have overshadowed that creative work as well. And while the allegations are pretty serious and varied, um, there's been a lot around, you know, kind of the revelation of the existence of the caveman, which I'm sure you can tell us a little <laughs> bit more about. <laughs> Um, I have no idea what that is. Please explain someone. So in in 2020, um, two independent reviews were conducted. Um, a, you know, QC did an 11-week review of Weta Digital involving interviews with over 200 current and former employees, much like yourself. Um, she received 80 complaints of bullying and another 120 complaints of inappropriate conduct. Um, she made 17 recommendations, including developing a code of conduct and improving and reporting mechanisms um, that the management, including the founders, um, had expressed commitment to implement these uh, recommendations. At Weta Workshop, there was another review held, but it was it, the review cleared the company allegations leading to further controversy because Hive found the allegations to be unsubstantiated, which raised questions around the investigation's thoroughness, fairness, did they interview enough people, were the right questions asked? And there was a lot of insight into the fact that, you know, kind of they had learned from the QC um, issue and started getting people to do NDAs which was really yeah, well, interesting as well. Yeah. Well, we so, we, we all we always we have to sign an NDA anytime, you know, uh we get a contract extension. Um the thing is is with like the 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 cave and such I I think a lot of it is the pressure and working long hours 
and literally people have hard liquor on their desks and are, are drinking throughout the day um, can make for a bit of a, um, a bit of a kind of elastic reality around uh, certain behaviors. Um, it's, it's definitely not, you know, you, you definitely don't want a, a bottle of vodka at your desk <laughs> or a full, or some people actually had full bars. Um, and then you, you, you find people looking at these, you know, uh, graphic, uh, pornography at their desks just randomly. And it's like, what the hell is that? It's, 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 it, it wasn't really acceptable, acceptable back in America, um, back in the nineties, you know, it's, it's. So how did, how did they get away with it here? Like what, you know, it's, you, so and explain to Gina what the caveman is because. Well, the, ca- <laughs> the caveman was a, a kind of like a post that, that people would do where they would put, you know, graphic jokes, uh, pornography, um, you know, just random ideas about um, certain women um, that worked at the studio. And, you know, and and basically it was just a very, it was very boys club, you know, very uh, kind of like the post though, like, it was, it was an, it was an internal system that, 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 you could share things so with kind of like so, Slack or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it definitely was. And uh, like I said, in in that time, um, there there was a lot of drinking. There are very long hours, and there are some very crude people that you know uh, kind of abused people, or you know had subjects or topics that they would talk about people and, and such. And these were mainly women, you know, um, it, 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 it get was in any trouble like specifically for this. No, it finally got shut down. Um, you know, because people were talking about it. It's like, they don't want anyone to know this <laughs> because so, so how did, yet everyone's how did the, talking about it. How did the caveman kind of relate back to porn Friday? Um, well, that, 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 I think those two were related. Um, so yeah, it, it, the, the caveman thing, um, or cave thing, uh, predates my time there. It went back to like 2005, I think. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, it went on until like 2013, 2014 or 2015. And then, it, it was it i guess hr got involved and was like this is unacceptable um you know it's it, it was definitely a very different time in the company um even though now it's become much more corporate and you don't see that anywhere um anymore which is good um but yeah it definitely um you know it was it was a bit crazy back in you know the early days or earlier days so was it more so like that it grew out of the caveman posts like people were putting like pornographic stuff in that messaging system and then yeah once that got shut down it kind of morphed into what was it what do you guys call it on friday (laughs) (laughs) 
I never partook in that, but I, but I witnessed it. And so, can you, know, you explain what exactly a typical porn Friday was like? I must know. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's just a lot of sharing of graphic images um, of of women, you know, and 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 various states of undress and you know situations yeah well okay, so it was it, what'd you say nicola so tactful <laughs> yeah i mean i think i think most people know what pornography is but i think we're i'm well for me i'm curious like how did it become like did men and women participate in this i mean i understand it, women were sort of on the receiving end of like all well, of the talk, but like how did it become like a company-wide thing well the thing is is that we work in a, 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 a mainly dominated in the past uh by men and it's just kind of like a you know it's, it's like i i would i would describe it as maybe a little bit of a fraternity mentality um where it's just like a bunch of guys sharing stuff with guys but there were women around which was made them uncomfortable and was very unpleasant and it's like you know like i said i was never into that uh because i'm like i'm here to work you know um but it was it was more of like it, it, kind of a boys club and you know anyone who did participate in porn friday yes <laughs> several there wait okay so did the majority of people participate in porn friday well the, the <sighs> Like I said, back it, it, it was mainly men, but right. you know we had we had um, people that were um, getting busy in the showers. Um, wait, wait, hold on, because <laughs> I, I was gonna say I was gonna say like there's nothing worse in my opinion. I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, if I were to get like super turned on at work, like what? What's the point? What's the end game? Yeah, well, like, that would be horrible. I'd be like, like now I want to go have sex with my partner, but I can't because I'm stuck at work. Like, what is the? Yeah, like I don't understand. Well, like, what is the uh, wait, have you got people like at work? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Well, no. So, so we 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 have these showers, and um, a, a few of the people um would get busy in the showers. And so much so that the, the 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 great guy that was doing facilities, he had to clean up condoms from the shower floor. Come on, people, like at least clean up after yourself. That's so fucked up. <laughs> huh. No, it's it, it was you know it's it's definitely changed now. It's not it's it's definitely not not that way. But yeah, I mean, it would, you know, it literally people were getting busy with each other and the, the, the certain areas that could, and, you know, it, you know, it just happened, you know, it was just, like I said, I was, I was oblivious to most of it. You know, most of the time I'm just like, I just sit at my desk and work. Um, but yeah, it definitely was, uh, you know, a bit, a bit crazy, you know, it's, it's when there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of, um, interactions going on with several different people, um, just because they were like, you know, 
fuck it. You know, I, I can do it. There was much more, uh, it was much more, uh, uh, free kind of going, uh, environment then, but you know, that's all definitely changed very, you know, drastically, um, which is a good thing. So, yeah. And what was the, yeah, Nicola, was the downfall when, um, like, how did, how did it change so drastically? Like, was it? So it was, it was mainly from this review. Um, Yes. There was this huge review that was done and then a whole bunch of stuff had to change. And one of the things that came out of the review though, and I'm curious to know a little bit more about this as well, is in the review, um, both Weta Workshop and Weta Digital were accused of setting unrealistic deadlines, overloading workers with work and creating a culture where hoarding work became necessary to appear busy. Um, And obviously in those kinds of instances, you know, your stress level is, is really, really high. What has changed with regards to like that overloading of work and that kind of unrealistic expectation? Because that creates its own toxic environment. It creates its own little toxic ecosystem. In in my opinion, it hasn't really changed. Uh, The bid days keep getting shorter and they expect more, but they still want a high um, uh, performance. Um, So it's... In that sense, it hasn't changed. Um, all the sexual stuff and all the, you know, I think a lot of the bullying um, has has gone away. But, you know, it's it's now it's being run by an American company and they expect an American kind of um, you just keep going. You just keep going. And what they do is, is a lot of the friends in in the past have gone away because it's like, you get to a certain age and it's like, I can't compete with these kids anymore. You know, it's, it's, you've done a lot of work and literally it's, it's, you have to, you're only as good as your last shot or, you know, getting the work done. Um, so yeah what do you feel you know especially with the like due to the nature or the competitive nature of the industry the scarcity of jobs um you know obviously employees choose not to speak up or speak about their experiences what do you think is kind of the mental health or the psychological impact of that persistent stress the long hours like what kind of impact do you think that has on you know people in or doing the work well people people will self-medicate uh you know they they try to take time off and and such but it's definitely it's it it's destructive to your mental wellness um because there there's 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 been a, a industry wide um called race to the bottom um, where, you know, a lot of the work is outsourced to India, uh, you know, China, Korea and such. And so what happens is it's, it, you have to try to keep up, um, with, with all those stressors. And the thing is, is it leads a lot of people to, you know, like I said, self-medicate and, and such. Burnout. Um, one of the things in the in the review is that former employees had spoken about becoming agoraphobic um, and being completely burnt out that they left the industry. Um, yeah. 
agoraphobic sorry agoraphobic agoraphobic um and never leaving the house again well there was <laughs> which there is was, bizarre there was this person this this trans person that literally just up and quit because they couldn't deal with the uh harassment and just the negativity um and you know along with the work stress so it's like you know it coupled all those different things together and was just too toxic for the person to be there and they left i feel like that they should have left that's terrible they're being like bullied and then like overloaded right that yeah and it was and it was uh, the, the person was very professional and very achieved um it was just it just became too much for them to deal with Mm -hmm. stay with us we'll be right back before we dive back into uncovering the complexities of toxic workplaces we have an important request for you if you find our discussions eye-opening and thought-provoking consider subscribing to let's break up toxic workplace stories Subscribing not only ensures you catch every episode, but also helps us reach a broader audience with our message of positivity and change. But that's not all. Leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform goes a long way in spreading awareness about the impact of toxic workplaces on individuals and the solutions we explore together. So I'm I'm also curious to know do you like in your like in your circle do you know anyone that's also left the industry because of kind of the pressures or the the experience that they've had Yeah a, a, a few of the people that that I know um were just like you know what I don't want to do this anymore um it's just you know like I said it, it it's always you're always working on deadlines and notes and things and it can get a bit um frustrating um with the hours and and you know some people will give these weird notes that make no sense and it's it just gets frustrating so yeah uh, and my circle um four people have left um they're just like i'm i'm done um what do they know. end up doing? Like, what do they, what do they end up like? <laughs> well, <to? laughs> well, one, one is a, is an Uber driver. <laughs> okay. And, and a couple of others, um, literally one of my, my, one of my friends, what happened was he was, he was driving by the road and he saw, you know, the guys that are, that hold the signs. And he's like, you know what? I'd rather do that than do this job job oh shit <clears throat> you mean like the lollipop people like the people yes that, like, yes the yes signs. yes he he, he was Wait, like what you know signs? because like people on the side of the road with signs in here is like you're begging no no no, no 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 um uh, uh, like, i'm like thinking those people that like hold the signs like an arrow and it's like oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> no like road workers um oh <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he'd rather be begging for money than go to work. That's well, he, bad. No, he, he and I'm like, for- science, <laughs> but I'm like here for it. You're like, no, so over here. No, he wasn't begging for work. He, he he literally he looked and he saw that that the, the guys on the side of the road doing the construction had mm-hmm. a very low, um, uh, you know, uh, aggravation level, and he was like, you know what, I'll do that instead 
Is you he know? doing that now? Yes. And, and is the level of stress it. better? <laughs> I, it, you know, it, it definitely is is less stressful, I think, than than this industry. And and he, you know, he'd been in the industry for many many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's he was wild. Yeah. No, he was just at his wit's end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's when they keep shrinking the the bid days and you're, you're competing with younger people that get paid less, um, and you get a bit older, um, it gets to a point where you're, you know, uh, just a bit, just burn out, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you I just think- want to explain for the listeners what a bidet is, because I feel like that's a concept in itself. Well, a bidet is essentially the the amount of time that they want you to complete a task. So you can have a shot that that you know that that basically they say it should take two to three days to do this, but sometimes that's not true, mm-hmm. and sometimes y- y- you get these these you have a lot of things to do in a certain shot. And then what happens is they're like, well, you just need to hurry up. And, but they still expect perfection. Um, so it's, it's definitely the amount of time they expect you to do a, a certain project um, or a certain shot. Okay. So they're like allotting. I mean, I, I do this too, like with my, some of the people who report to me, like, I'm like, we need it by X day, but they'll, they get room to like negotiate, like, okay, well then that means I can't do X, Y, and Z by this day. And I'm like, okay, like prioritizing your stuff. But, um, first of all, I just want to go on the record that I thought you were saying big day, like this is a big day. (laughs) And then when Nicholas said it, I thought she was saying bidet, like the the (laughs) thing. And I was like, so confused. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, it's a bid day. It's it's bidding out a certain amount. No, of time. I get it now, but like <laughs> the audio, I just was like, what are we even talking about? I think most people know what a bidet is, Nicola. Why would you ask that? <laughs> yeah, because the work is shit. So you gotta like bidet your butt. <laughs> Do you know what? Well, I can go into a whole other aspect about the bathroom uh, techniques that happen, which, you know. Oh, my God. Wait, what? What? What's what bathroom? Um, Some of the people, some some of the people out here can be a bit um, crude. Um, You know know. what? Just just like let's rip this bandaid off and just tell us exactly what's going on because wiping white. I've witnessed uh, feces being wiped on the walls. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, guys walk around. They they urinate and they don't. They just wait. Why is this a farm animal? Is the bar? It's I. It it it's. It's it's weird. I don't understand the culture. Some people are very respectful and all that, but there are some people that literally will, you know, piss everywhere. And like I why? said, I've what seen, is the point of that? I, I have don't, like why would I don't someone know if want to do mark, that? They're marking their territory. I don't know. <laughs> at work, at I'm work, so confused. Yes. I'm so confused well, by I'm so, like because like whenever I hear about like poop being wiped on anything, it's either like an infant who like got in her diaper or whatever it was or like that happens in jail like when they don't have anything else to retaliate with they'll like 
wipe feces all over to get like the COs to come in and clean up. Like that's what I associate that with. But maybe this is their this is their is this their version of jail? It's well, I you know maybe it is. I never understood it, but I've seen a lot of feces. How are you still even working there? Like, that, if I saw one thing of feces on the wall in the women's bathroom, I would be I, out. I would have like a complete hissy fit. I, I don't even. We, you and I, have spoken a lot about poop, Gina, and I wouldn't even like. Yeah. I wouldn't even poop. My poop would be so scared to poop. I. I mean, if, if I was so like to me, and I it don't want to like go too much on. I don't want to go too much down a rabbit hole on this, but like, if I had like colleagues who felt okay doing that, I would be concerned about their mental health and also like, what's actually happening here. I would be like, how are these people getting in positions of power or jobs, and then they also feel like they can wipe poop on the wall? I'd be out. I'd be like, this is not the right fit for me. I don't think. Well, unfortunately. For, for, in my experience, you know, I've I've done this all my life now. You know, um, I'm I'm older, um, and you, you just kind of deal with it. You know, like I said, back in Los Angeles, there was a lot of drug use and a lot of you know very. But that was also the timing, like in the '90s, like the '80s and '90s. Like, I don't think you could have thrown a cat at someone who was sober, like in any industry, right? Like, <laughs> like. No. Right. So, I mean, now I, I, at least from what I understand, it's not as prevalent, but maybe I'm wrong. Like the open drug use and maybe alcohol is, is a little bit more okay just because you're legally allowed to do that. I don't know, but. Well, I know. Well, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely improved. Um, Mm -hmm. We do beer clock and I've heard about stories of what people going off on beer clock and just getting a bit crazy. I don't Mm -hmm. partake um but yeah it's definitely it's 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 improved mm-hmm. uh, so most of the people that i know who are in the entertainment industry either are now sober or were just like never like 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 that they had to get sober to stay you know to stay employable yeah well that's yeah that's the thing is is that you definitely need to figure out what you want to do or, you know, and, and the thing is a lot of people are, are uh, that I've known got sober or left the industry. Right. Uh, but because so, it's, it's unsustainable. Right. So would you recommend to young Pippins coming in, in to get into this industry or are you like, Hashtag no. avoid, avoid, avoid. I would recommend that nobody gets into the industry because, like I said, there is there there's a VFX soldier, and um, the whole idea of race to the bottom, and so you just have to keep you just have to keep you either achieve a level of of success that you don't have to deal with it, or you just have to deal with it and live with all the ramifications that you know, transpire from, you know, working long hours and, and uh, deadlines that are um, unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you so, yeah. feel like you're still like always like running like behind schedule or 
Yes, unless you, un, unless you get a string of shots that that you can go through and work through um, and get it done, and the bid days aren't crazy. Um, you know, there, it's it's you're always you're always running, and you know, at some point, you know, if you're younger, it's it's a bit easier. Um, but you know, as you get older, it's like, what the hell am I doing? You know, it's, it's, you know, maybe I should be doing something entirely different, you know, but I definitely would not recommend any young people get involved in this industry because as I said, it's, it's, you're competing with the world and, you know, and, and you have no, none of the job security and you have none of the benefits of of having sick time or time off um yeah. and you you you're look you're looking askance if you take any time off for health or personal issues um so yeah it's definitely it's 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 it, you know find how, something how glam how glamorous is it really during like making a movie i have a feeling it's probably grueling and it's awful well, it's actually not very, it's, it's not glamorous at all. Hold on. I need to charge my phone. Um, hello. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> hello. Bye. <laughs> I'm like terrified of even saying anything. I I see this. It's dis distressing. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Let's Break Up, Toxic Workplace Stories. If you enjoyed our candid conversations and insights, don't forget to hit that like button, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform.